Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Thursday episode of the Baseball Insiders, and notably the final episode of the Baseball Insiders before the winter meetings bonanza, where Robert Murray... Fan side is MLB Insider and my co-host on the show will be getting you the latest and greatest directly from San Diego. And we're going to be going live plenty of times next week. Normally, you can find us 3.30 Eastern Time, Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, but for special events, we go all out. And the winter meetings are one of those types of events. You are not going to want to miss us. And you're going to want to make sure you don't miss us by subscribing to the Baseball Insiders on YouTube right now. And if you missed me saying it up top, believe us, we're going to say it again. Robert Murray, welcome to the show. We got a lot to empty today, my man. Yeah, that we do. It is, uh, I can report that talks throughout the league have definitely picked up this week. So it, uh, it could be a very fun winter meetings. But most importantly, hello, my friend. How are we doing? Certainly, most importantly, hello. I am doing great. Um, I'll be doing better next week. I need just a couple of these uh, teams inching closer to maybe finalize something. I need a few of these rumor mill nonsense bits and pieces that you you look and you go, Jacob DeGrom and the Rays. I'm going to need one of those to actually happen because I want the baseball offseason to blow up a little quicker. Uh, and obviously a burner, like we're going to do some Rays talk today, man. We're actually, we're actually going to do it at some point. Not now, but at some point. No, we are. And I can, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody, we got people in the comments right now that have been like flooding the comments now for like the, even before we went live. So I want to just say we appreciate that. We'll, we'll definitely try to hit all these teams, uh, including obviously Birders Rays, because he's been, he's been clamoring for that for like a month now. But yeah, that guy's a real, that guy's right. a real clamorer. I always feel like that guy's clamoring for something and, and now he's going to get it. Yep, but in order to get all the raise information, we still need to find out who exactly, obviously, a burner is. Yeah, that's important. So, obviously, a burner, start the clock, like an old episode of 24. You have uh, about 18 minutes to tell us who you are in order for us to talk raise by the end of the show. I think that's a fair exchange. Oh, that's a very fair exchange. Look at that. We're already making deals on the Baseball Insiders. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's heating up. Like you said, it's heating up. Uh, yeah, Jacob Bradley uh my fan uh we are fans of you we are fans of everyone in the comments and like bert said uh you guys uh showed up early you we weren't even ready to go yet we were already reading comments from you and that's how you know we feel the love and that's also how we know that you guys have a lot of stuff you need addressed uh we're gonna be talking about as much of it as we can believe me um and i want to start us off uh with the shortstop market because uh this episode is entitled the, the title is based on Xander Bogarts. We're going to talk about Xander Bogarts because that was definitely the strangest thing that happened yesterday to me, the conflicting Xander Bogarts reports. But in uh, in terms of flow chart purposes, I feel like one of these shortstop matches is getting a little bit more crystallized than others. So I'm going to use it as a jumping off point. Yesterday on, on Wednesday afternoon, Buster Olney tweeted, 
that uh, he spoke to someone who said it would be an upset if the Phillies did not come home with one of these top four shortstops. And then shortly thereafter, John Morosi declared the Phillies as the favorites for Trey Turner, which is kind of what you and I, uh, dots that we've been connecting all along. Uh, Now, does that line up with what you're hearing, Uh, both that the Phillies are unlikely to be denied in this pursuit and that Turner is the one that they are more likely to gravitate towards? I would say Turner is definitely someone that the Phillies like. I think that's no secret at this point. Um, and of any position that the Phillies are targeting, I think shortstop is among, if not the like, top priorities for them. Um, and a guy like Trey Turner would be a huge addition for them. And I know there's a lot of people that I've talked to who think that Turner is going to land a more lucrative contract than Carlos Correa. Uh, they think he's going to age better. Um, and they also like that his injury history is more limited than Correa's, who's got a pretty extensive one. Um, but we've seen with Dave Dombrowski in the past, when he likes a player, when he wants a player, he's very aggressive when he goes after that player. Um, and if it's Turner, if it's another shortstop, um, I mean, it's it's hard to believe he'll be denied. I will say that. But um, Turner's market, I would imagine, is quite extensive um, just because, to me, he's the best free agent out there who's not named Aaron Judge. I'm very curious to see what the exact terms look like there, but I do think that the Turner buzz with the Phillies is, is real. I, that's the impression I'm under. Dr. Inc. I'm trying to talk baseball and you're accusing my hat of saying something. It doesn't, you know what, just for you, I'm going to turn it back around. It's from Tory Pines. The beautiful yeah. That's uh, I, I honestly, I thought the same exact thing. So Dr. Inc. Yeah. You're not, you're not alone on that one. My so thought. Dr. Inc. You might've changed the show. Honestly, is that what, uh, yeah, Uh, look, we're, we're having a very serious baseball discussion. We can't be having those thoughts leaking in at least before the 50 minute mark at which point, Uh, but no shout out to Dr. Inc. You're the man. Um, I agree that Turner is the best free agent on the market other than Aaron judge. Uh, But this leads me into the next part of this because uh, Turner's probably the top shortstop uh, and there's beginning to become a little bit of clarity here. I think some of us at some point thought, the Phillies and Xander Bogarts. Okay, Dave Dombrowski, that makes sense. World Series reunion and a guy who likes to spend. All of a sudden, you are seeing less and less Red Sox, Xander Bogarts connectivity, and more and more Padres Bogarts discussion and buzz, at least. Uh, Johnny in here says Bogarts to the Cubbies. Who knows? But lovely KMG asked, is Bogarts to the Padres actually realistic? Will Holder asked Xander and Vasquez to the Pods. Everybody seems to want to pair up the Xander and Vasquez duo and, and ship them to one team. But what is the ripple effect of, of the Phillies? Maybe making the Turner move. Maybe it's a different shortstop. What's this between the Padres and Xander Bogarts? I see. I mean, AJ Preller, we've talked about this pretty extensively on this podcast before. He checks in on anyone and everyone. Um, and it is no surprise to see that Ken Rosenthal reported that AJ Preller checked in on Xander Bogarts and even asked Scott Boris if he would be willing to play other positions. But Boris has been pretty adamant that Bogarts is only going to play shortstop. I think that limits the fit with the Padres. Um, And I like, again, I've mentioned the idea of Trey Turner and the Padres before on this podcast. And I've said that AJ Preller loves them. Um, I'm like, I'm sticking by that. But if they, if they wanted to sign one of those big name shortstops and have them play, 
in different position, maybe in the infield or maybe even in the outfield. I mean, I think Trey Turner's got that versatility. Again, I cannot stress enough that I think it's unlikely. I don't think anything can be ruled out because A.J. Preller just he operates in ways that most GMs do not. Um, but I, I'm not exactly thinking that Xander Bogarts of the Padres is likely. I think that's in the highly unlikely category at this point. Let's talk Bogarts deeper, though, because Bogarts of the Padres is one thing. Yep. What on earth did you make of this Peter Gammons report that Xander and the Red Sox had severed ties yesterday? Obviously, Scott Boris refuted that because yep. even if it was true, why would he want anybody to think that the two sides had severed ties? Um, but you and I have sort of agreed, all right, all this Xander flirtation is fun. Let him, yep. you know, let him get bummed out by the Red Sox failure to extend him before the season and previously insulting offers. But the Sox care about this too much to let him go. And is he really going to go anywhere else? I mean, let's just let's just let's have some fun and then let's get him back to Boston. What did you make of this this sudden departure? And, and did that change your calculus at all? It didn't change my calculus. And I, I want to be careful because Peter Gammons is like a legend in this industry. Oh, yeah. And, and like. I mean, he's, he's great at what he does. He's been that way for ever since he got into baseball, but um, yeah, like the Red Sox, they have not had like Bogarts has not severed ties with the Red Sox. Um, Boris refuted that. Uh, John Henry said that he was not aware of that when he talked to reporters in Boston. Um, Like, as I've said before on this podcast, like Bogarts is their plan a, like they have made that no secret whatsoever. Um, but this is just the reality of what the market is for Bogarts, because as soon as you end up going into free agency, anything can happen. Um, Cause Freddie Freeman was supposed to stay in Atlanta. He didn't stay in Atlanta. Like free agency is a crapshoot. And there was a, also Jeff Passan ended up writing something the other day um, about like once a top free agent, like leaves free agency, it's been like 10 or 12 years since like that player has actually resigned with that team. I might be like misquoting that, but, um, that was pretty interesting because he mentioned that with Judge. And I think we can also say the same thing with Bogarts, but I still think um, I still think he returns to Boston. But, I mean, it's far from a, like a done deal or anything there. Let me pull that list from passing up because it was a crazy list of like it, the, the, a lot of us are sort of assuming like all these long time, you know, Judge is going to make the most money of anybody and Bogarts is going to clean up 200 mil. But, of course, Judge will be a Yankee. Of course, Bogarts will be a Red Sox. And Passon made it very clear that, like, not only is it not an of course situation, but more often than not, the top earner on the market does not go back uh, to his previous team. So I'm going to find that at some point because uh, it's kind of a wild list. Uh, but I'm struggling at this moment in time. And, uh, hey, blame that on the hat, going to be honest. Um, but while we're talking uh, – while we're talking, uh, you know, the, the Bogarts plan A, B, C, D, E, F, um, what, what's going to go down as a bigger mistake and misstatement? The Red Sox front office making it so clear that that was their plan or our favorite, Hal Steinbrenner, saying he would not be outbid on Aaron Judge, which it's cresting. It's coming to a head there. No, it, it is. It is like both of those were interesting statements. I have no issue with with Heim Bloom saying like that Bogarts was their plan A. Cause I think everybody kind of knew that, but Hal Steinbrenner saying that he will not be outbid for Aaron judge kind of reminds me of um, 
what John Middleton said a few years ago about spending stupid money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it's like that kind of is just exactly where my mind went. So I think it's Hal Bre- or Hal Steinbrenner's comments there. And I honestly, I don't think it's close. What about you, Adam? No, I mean, that's, that's the correct take. Cause again, Hal Steinbrenner made his bed. Either he shells out an absurd amount of money for Aaron judge. That's going to be more money than it would have been. Had he not said that, or he's going to not sign Aaron Judge and then have to look the same press corps in the eyes and say, yeah, we got a bid for Aaron Judge. What am, I to, what am I supposed to say? I said we wouldn't and we did. Um, which leads us to the current Aaron Judge standings. The horse race, the Giants, the Yankees. We all know who stands in there. We all know they're probably closer to the finish line than the starting block. What we believe at this point is that via Jeff Passan and and Jack Curry of the Yes Network also said this, that there is some sort of eight-year, $300 million offer on the table from the Yankees. I think the consensus since we heard that number, which was yesterday, is that nice number, good number, good job, serious offer, probably going to have to go up, whether it's the Yankees or the Giants who do it. We've also heard that we might be getting to a resolution at the winter meetings a little bit sooner than the end of the winter meetings. Uh, What do you make of that offer? Uh, How realistic does that feel to you? And how much more Aaron judge talk do we have to have before we can just talk about his fit with either his new team or the new look Yankees? Yeah, I think with a guy like judge, it's possible that he signs at the winter meetings. Um, I wouldn't rule anything out there. Just be like, I'll say this for all the top free agents here. You have Judge, you have DeGrom, and you have Verlander. There's a limited amount of suitors that can be in on those guys just because those contracts are going to be north of $35 million a year. Um, and I think those teams are going to want to be aggressive in getting those deals done just because they can't wait around for them all offseason because they'll be left at the altar for a lot of these other free agents. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think with those kind of guys, it's – it's possible that they sign like in the next week or so. I mean, that's just me like connecting dots. That's not me reporting anything definitive. I just want to make that clear. So there's no bad aggregations out there. Um, hmm. But with judge it is. So for me, and I know others feel the same way. Um, I think the Yankees are in the lead, but the giants should not be discounted here. Um, the fact that he went and visited them, um, to me is, is telling because we haven't heard of any other free agent visits for him. Um, it's possible that there's another team in there. I mean, just cause I don't know, a guy like judge only having like two reported teams like that. I don't know. I, I, I know there's a limited amount of teams that can afford a player like that, but something, I don't know, just call it my gut. But, um, I, I, as I said, I don't think the Giants should be discounted by any means, but, um, yeah, it is. That's I'll tell you, once that happens, dominoes are going to start falling and I cannot wait because I'm hoping it's in San Diego because the last time I was in San Diego, Garrett Colt signed and Steven Strasburg signed. I was next to John Heyman, who broke both of them. The guy was just glued into his phone like I thought he was just texting some random person. And all of a sudden I get the tweet notification um, from Heyman. It's like that it's done. And I look at him and I'm like, he just broke that like awesome job. And he just looks at me stone-faced and says, thank you. And then walks away. Like John, like John's the best. I love John with all my heart. 
He's uh, it's a good human being right there. But I'm hoping we can have a repeat of that. But hopefully I, I break some of them this year. Yeah, I'm hoping that too. It's it's glazed over dead eye season for uh, all of you hustlers and not just Heyman. Um, gosh, that's so funny. Uh, well, good job. Good job by John. Hopefully good job by everybody at the winter meetings. So they should just be in San Diego every year, by the way. Like, I don't, why are we rotating? No, I I'm in total agreement. If it's either in San Diego or in Scottsdale, cause it's a hop, skip and a jump. Cause they've had the GM meeting in Scottsdale before. And it's probably not even 10 minutes away from where I live. Like that is beyond an ideal setup right there. Like it doesn't, you can't draw it up any better than that. No wake up do your normal routine and then oh by the way everybody's here um and also like brian or sorry brian just put it in the chat saying john morosi said it's 50 50 with new york and san francisco for judge and asked if i agreed with that i do i do agree with that what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So lean ever so slightly. The Yankees are in the lead, but 50-50. 50 50-50, 50-50. It's a coin oh. flip. Uh, maybe 51-49 Yankees, but you know what that means. It's tight. Um, and if you're in San Diego visiting the winter meetings, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump to grab one of these. A great hat. A <laughs> great hat. Pines. Heavy emphasis on the word pines. Heavy um, emphasis on the word pines. It's, it's that You're going to want to put pines in the GPS if you're trying to visit. I, I promise you. Um, yeah, the mystery team for Judge. I mean, is it the Dodgers? Is it the Rangers? We, we keep talking around it because beyond that, who can it, who can it really be? But you're right. He wants that record-setting AAV. And right now in this current reported rumored offer, the eight years, 300 mil, he's got it. He's got the record setting average annual value. But as somebody who just had the season he had and is setting out to set the record for a per year contract, it doesn't feel like he's just going to be like, oh, you slid past it by a little bit. Great. Okay. That's all I wanted. I'm signing it. Like he wants to hold the AAV record for longer than one off season. I would guess. Oh, me too. I would, I would think so too. And like, and you, you asked this before what I think judges eventual contract would be just because he's being offered reportedly 3 million or $300 million right now. My guess is it approaches probably like the 310 to 320 range, somewhere in that ballpark. That's, 
That's at least my guess right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe somebody gets creative and it's a little bit of like, hey, you know, you want to <laughs> you want to break the AL home run record again? We'll toss some big incentives in there. But uh, we'll learn more, hopefully, pretty soon. Hopefully within the next week, because it would be nice to get that done in beautiful, sunny San Diego. Um, as for the uh, as for the other big ticket options, they're mostly on the pitching front. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of it's a lot of Verlander. It's a lot of Degrom, and <laughs> hilariously, obviously a burner. Now's your time to shine. We're sort of hearing the opposite end of the spectrum. Teams dealing with both of those. Uh, you know, you and I have talked a lot about how the market doesn't bear out a lot of competition. The Dodgers are starting to be heavily linked with Verlander. They're zooming with him. You know, it's the Dodgers and the Mets and the Astros and maybe everybody else at that point. The Rays and Jacob deGrom was the rumor we heard this week. We know what it means when the Rays are in touch with somebody and they haven't closed the deal on any of these players yet. But it is hilarious that we're getting Verlander to all of the teams that spend all of the time and we're not hearing anything else. And then the, the, the deGrom market is like, yeah, the team that never pays anybody at any point, they're, they're interested. Uh, so with the Verlander side of it, are you seeing the Dodgers start to emerge as that clearer favorite, or is it just more of the same where the rest of the market sort of realizes no one else can really afford to be in those pitching chases? Yeah, I think I can see both sides of that one. I think the Dodgers are certainly very much in on a guy like Justin Verlander, but I also think the Astros should not be discounted by any means. And the same thing with the Mets. Although like if you had to ask me right now, what happens? It, it, like right now, just a prediction. I do. Mike, I have to. I have to ask you right now. I do. You okay? There you go. You put me on the spot. I, like I did. So if you had to ask me right now, it would be Degrom returning to the Mets. Then it would be Carlos Rodon with the Rangers, and then it would be Verlander choosing between the Dodgers and the Astros. And my guess out of those two would be the Dodgers. Just a, just a guess, um, but. That's where I'm feeling now. And like I know the report the other day had DeGrom being linked to the Rays. Um, the Rays have not been afraid to like offer big money in recent free agent history. Like they were like their interest in Freddie Freeman last year, I found out was very real. Hmm. Um, like that wasn't just some like bogus thing by any means. Um and it makes sense that they're being linked to DeGrom, but I just don't know if they have the money to do it because that's gonna be around Max Scherzer's contract is my guess. Um, I do think it's possible they add one of those starting pitchers, like a um, maybe like a Nathan Yovaldi or someone along those lines. I mean, I just like the kind of type of pitcher that I think they could land on. Um, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just skeptical about DeGrom and, um, and the Rays there. Yeah. Somebody's got to bite on that weird money someday and break down the dam, but I don't think it's going to be Jacob DeGrom either. Um, We'll talk the rest of the pitching market very shortly, but I want to clean up some of these questions before we go too far. And again, drop them all show long. We'll keep getting to them. Subscribe to the Baseball Insiders. Come join us 3.30 Eastern, Mondays and Thursdays, every Monday and Thursday. But again, next week, hot spots. We're hitting all the heat times, uh, the heat map over the winter meetings. Whenever you think you need us, we'll be there. We're going to be doing short shows, giving you updates every day. Um, And this is the one I wanted to address for sure because – not on the rundown, but but Peter Neville asking if the Red Sox are maybe likely to get Mitch Haniger or if it's just more interest. That sort of emerged this morning, too, that it was maybe the Red Sox 
and the Rangers were pushing the hardest for Hanniger uh, to the point where I saw the Red Sox stats account tweeting out a comparison between Hunter Renfro's last couple of years and Hanniger's last couple of years. That's how you know it's real uh, when he's starting to assess those fits. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you, like, yeah. that Red Sox stats guy, I don't know who he is. I wondered if he's like some sort of burner just because he's like his insight's pretty incredible. Uh, and I know he watches the show. So if, if he's offended by that or if he likes that, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm sorry, Red Sox stats, but I'm a big fan of yours. I'm a big fan of yours too. It's so much so to the point that I'm clearly, I don't follow you because I'm, I'm not a diehard uh, Sox fan, but your tweets are, are all over my feed, meaning I click them constantly. Whenever I see them, I interact with them. Uh, so please keep it coming. You're a, you're a star. Uh, but Hanniger to the Sox, you got to assume that's like a two-year deal. I guess choosing between the Sox and Rangers. Are those the teams you're hearing in his market, or uh, what's materializing there? Yeah, I'll tell you with a guy like um, with Hanniger, I think he fits what the Red Sox like because John Heyman of MLB Network reported that the Red Sox made Jose Abreu like their number one priority. Like he was instantly met with them as soon as free agency opened. Um, obviously they missed on him. Um, so I think Hanager is a very reasonable um, plan B option. So I certainly wouldn't rule that out. And I can absolutely see the fit there. Um, the Rangers being in does not surprise me. Um, Cause even after adding um, a guy or adding um, two big offensive threats and Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, they absolutely could use another bat in that lineup and he's not someone who's going to break the bank and that would still allow them to sign one of those high-end free agent starting pitchers like a Rodon or a DeGrom. Um, so I think both those teams are absolutely um, strong fits. I would imagine there's more because Hanniger, he's a, a very valuable player. Um, and I know a lot of teams like him, um, but I certainly think those two make among the most sense for him as free agent landing spots. And what about these slightly upgraded? <laughs> that's not fair. Sorry, uh, <laughs> the upgraded left field option, uh, Brandon Nimmo, who, who got asked about here too, and who, who we haven't touched on a lot lately, just because I think his buzz has quieted a little. I think maybe I incorrectly assumed the Blue Jays were cl- uh, shuffling around the deck chairs on the Titanic to get him into that left field role when they traded to Oscar Hernandez, but we haven't heard much there since then. Uh, what, what do you read on Nimmo's market right now? I still think he's in a very strong position to land a contract over a hundred million dollars. And I know there was estimates at the GM or at the GM meetings that range anywhere from like 120 million, even all the way up to 150. Uh, so, I mean, he's going to make a lot of money from everything that I've gathered. His market is strong because he's by far and away like the best free agent center fielder. Um, and he's in a pretty good position here to maximize from that. But um Going back to what you said with the Blue Jays and Nemo, like I certainly think they're among the teams in, but Cody Bellinger makes a lot of sense for them. Mm-hmm. He's like a very good candidate for like a one year bounce back kind of deal. And Don Mattingly is their new bench coach. He's got a lot of familiarity with Bellinger from their time in Los Angeles together. So they have that connection. Maybe if he wants to go to a place where he's going to have a one-year gamble on himself, he's going to want to go to a place of familiarity. I know I mentioned the Giants is a fit for him for that exact reason. So I think we now have to put the Blue Jays in that category as well. Completely agree. Um, somebody, Jacob Bradley asked if I've seen the videos of Will Myers' golf simulator setup. Yeah, I saw Will Myers' man cave last week. Uh, it's spectacular. Um, 
And this comes from someone I'm currently living and working in the same room as my wife constantly. That's right. I'm a real wife guy. So it would be great to have a man cave uh, like Will's. Uh, yeah. And if Will ever wants uh, me to drop by, um, I will drop everything. I will get on a plane. Um, let's talk about the pitching market. Let's talk about the pitching market. Um, Cause that's what I, I wanted to pivot focus there earlier, but I, we just can't not talk about Aaron judge. And we can't not talk about the Xander Bogart stuff, but the pitching market is where names are coming off the board. And I know you have some contract details on a few of the recent signings that have gone down. Uh, but we talked a, a little while ago when Tyler Anderson signed with the Angels and got ahead of the market about, huh, you know, the qualifying offer getting attached. Maybe that was what did it, what lowered his market. But that number's a little lower than we expected. Um, you know, what does that mean for Jamison Tyone? What does that mean for some of the other people seeking short-term deals? Jose Quintana. And then all of a sudden, uh, you got Mike Clevenger for $12 million in one year. You've got Matt Boyd signed a couple hours ago. Uh, and v- Vega420, uh, blaze it, in the comments, said $10 million a year for Matt Boyd is ludicrous. Uh I think it's interesting, but yeah, $10 million a year for, for the Matt Boyd one-year deal. I read some of your writing today. You said there, you know, there's no bad one-year deal, but huh. Um, what, what are these pitching uh, contracts making you think about the escalation of the market in general? Because my read from a couple of weeks ago seems to have been way off that people are going to be able to get a discount on names like Tyone, who you're now hearing from Mark Feinsand is impressing everyone he zooms with and might end up eclipsing the four-year $56 million John Gray contract from last year. So what is going on in the pitching market? Yeah, the pitching market, I'll tell you that Bobo, dang it, or whatever, he like he wrote Quintana the Pirates, and I tell you my heart dropped because I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I thought he was breaking news to me on that one. So you got me, Bobo, dang it. Um, dang but, it. Yeah, that's, uh, so thank you for that, but. Um, the, uh, the pitching market to me has been very interesting with the Clevenger deal. Um, I, <laughs> it's all good, Bobo, dang it. I, I forgive you. Uh, <laughs> great name, by the way. Um, but the Clevenger deal, him getting 12 million guaranteed, I think that's going to be spread out with the mutual option in there. Um, so it's not going to be 12 million for, uh, just 2023. Um, but him getting that and then Matthew Boyd getting 10 million shows exactly where the market is at. And it is a very, very, very good time to be a free agent starting pitcher right now. Um, and Boyd getting, cause he earned 3.5 million a couple of years ago with the Tigers. And now he resigns with them for 10 million. He's coming off of a season in which he pitched 13.1 innings, 13.1. So it's, it's I don't know. That's a, it's a weird one for me. Um, but a lot of teams that are analytically heavy um, or inclined really mu- like they really like Matthew Boyd. And he made a couple of tweaks last year with his changeup usage and it, like and how he uses it. Um, so I think he's definitely an upside candidate here. And Scott Harris, who is now the Tigers president of baseball operations, knows him very well from their time in San Francisco because he was a big reason why. Uh, the Giants pursued him because um, Harris really liked him. So he knows what he's getting. He had an inside look at him last year when he was with San Francisco. Um, and Harris, in front offices that he's been in, um, has had success with these kind of pitchers. So, like, I can absolutely understand why the Tigers went out and did it. But 
those two getting the contracts that they did shows just exactly like where this market is. Like Jamison Tyone, I think what Mark Feinstein wrote yesterday with a four for 56, like him exceeding mm-hmm. that is probably going to prove accurate. Um, but man, it's, uh, it's interesting. And it also makes me wonder if a team would be more inclined to make a trade for a starting pitcher, like a Pablo Lopez with the Marlins. Um, Cause we know as from last year that he was available. Um, he almost became a Yankee. Um, or yeah, he almost became a Yankee, but yeah. Um, I wonder if a team goes that route rather than spending that kind of money on a free agent starter. Yeah. And I wonder if Brian Cashman specifically goes that route again, because mm-hmm. we know he was interested once uh, you, the definition of uh, Tyone is a guy who you and I both really like. I mean, we, we agreed a couple of weeks ago. I was a little split on, would I rather pay him X rather than I think sign Quintana, the back end deal. You, you like Tyone. I like Tyone for over four years, 56 million for a guy who the last two years showed up late in the season in crucial starts against the Rays, not once, but twice with a bum ankle in game 162 in 2021. And again, last year in early September when the tide was beginning to turn, I just watched two years of Jameson Tyone. I liked it. He was literally a league average starter each of the last two years, which is hard to do. He had a 100 ERA plus both of the last two seasons, which obviously is a metric that floats because it depends on how other pitchers are performing. He fell right in the middle, right as the baseline, two years in a row with wildly different numbers in NERAs. So I enjoyed Tyone tremendously, but at that price, I wouldn't pay that price for John Gray. I wouldn't pay that price for Tyone either. No, and I I think that price is going to end up proving to be a little too heavy for some other teams that are involved in the starting pitching market. So I'm curious to see what exactly or where exactly that guy like Tyone ends up with. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, as I said, it's a very good time to be a free agent starting pitcher. And it, uh, I I think that one could open up some eyes when it eventually gets done. You want to talk about pitchers who've barely pitched signing major league deals, signing, you know, Matt Boyd, 13 innings last year, a $10 million deal. The Dodgers gave Shelby Miller an MLB deal. Most fans probably lost track of him. He threw seven and a third innings for the Giants last year and struck out 14 guys. And people are talking about, oh, the Giants finally refined his pitch mix, and now the Dodgers are going to take advantage of that, take him to the next level. Maybe, but, I mean, even at the margins, major league deals, guaranteed money, are going out to pitchers who barely participated in 2022 and in Shelby Miller's case, it largely flamed out of the league before then. Are, are you hearing any other names in the pitching market that maybe no one is paying attention to who are going to get that level of recognition soon too? Yeah. I'll, but I have names. I'm not at liberty to say who they yeah, are. But they're, um, they're out there. There are more of them. Yeah. They are out there. I can, I can definitely report that. So like, there's not going to be like Shelby Miller was not the last of that kind of, kind of a signing. I can tell you that, but um, with Shelby Miller's deal, I can actually give you the contract details right now if you'd like me yes, to. I do. So Shelby Miller's deal is for $1.5 million. Um, that's a base. And then he's got performance bonuses for relief appearances. So it is $25,000 for 50 appearances, another $25,000 for 55 appearances. And then if you make 60 relief appearances this year, it is $50,000 as a performance bonus. So um, I think it was kind of obvious with a 1.5 million base, but Miller appears prime to be a relief pitcher for the or for the for the Dodgers. But I will also say this: 
Um, the Dodgers were not the only team offering Shelby Miller a major league contract. Like he had a few teams looking at him in that way. And the Dodgers doing that is, uh, I don't know. That that feels like a prime Dodgers move right there. And the Giants really like what they saw from him last year. Uh, they were only offering him a minor league contract, I believe. But even dating back to a couple of years ago, when the Brewers um, when the Brewers brought him in, they thought they did something with his pitch mix um, and made different tweaks with him. And they thought they helped him turn a corner, but he ultimately left before they were able to like show that at major league level. But Dodgers, uh, I like, I, that's a sneaky under the radar move. I, I, I like that for LA. I do too. There, there is some hilarious small sample size theater with his numbers last year. He, he yep. got into seven innings across four games for the Giants. Six hits, five earned runs, three walks. Kind of easy to overlook it. Struck out 14 guys in the seven innings. And his small sample size FIP is 0.40. So obviously, uh, you know, is that going to hold up over over the course of a full season? Probably not. But it's not hard to look under the hood and see like, oh, that's spectacular. No, exactly. And I mean, it's it's a one point five million dollar gamble. I mean, it's I would I would do that over. I I mean, I don't think there's any risk in that kind of kind of a contract. I'll just I'll flat out say that one. So, yeah, it's got a lot of upside there. I uh Andrew Freeman, I think he did a pretty good one there. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. And before I lose the thread, too, uh, this podcast is all about me <laughs> dropping threads at the 12-minute mark and picking them back up at the end. I got the list of uh, the last time the highest paid free agents stayed with their current teams. Uh, the last time it happened was Yoannis Cespedes with the Mets in 2016, and prior to that, Matt Holiday in 2009. So it hasn't happened between 2009 and now, except for the Cespedes deal. Uh, didn't do anything for Seager, George Springer, Garrett Cole, Bryce Harper, Eric Hosmer, David Price, Scherzer, Cano, Zach Ranke, Albert Pujols, Carl Crawford, who are all the highest paid offseason captains who change sides. Uh, so shout out to Jeff Passon for calling those together. No, he Passon's very good at finding that kind of a stuff. I impressive he, he makes my life a lot more difficult and keeps me up at night so um yeah good job to jeff passing but um very rude of him for doing that to me yeah but again <laughs> if we didn't have that list we would know there's a war going on in the comments uh yeah. mercy me uh there's also i i want i want to address something here from our guy vaga vega 420 420 um, who quickly turned on us yeah so it's like there's certain things that I can say and there's certain things that I can't say. Like I will give you all the information I got because there's even more that I have in my notebook that I don't even think we have teed up um, in our, in our little rundown here. Um, but I will, like, if, if I don't have the ability to report something, I'm not going to burn a source and just and flat out say it, but whatever I can say, I will say because I want you guys to be the most informed people on the baseball internet. So, yeah. And I'm not going to queue it up, but we do that because yeah. when Bert breaks the news, that, that's how that happens so yeah, we'll, exactly. we'll give you all we'll give you all we can but we're not gonna toss sources to the wind no exactly can't do that because uh I, I feel like that would that would not be very good for my career i'll um, burn my bridges no i won't N- neither of us will burn any of our bridges um there was uh i also think i should point out that the red sox stats account between the time that we brought them up and now liked your tweet launching this youtube stream so if there was any doubt that he was watching he's clearly what he or she 
is currently watching the stream or was. That's and we appreciate your Red Sox stats. That's yeah. Appreciate you being a loyal fan. So appreciate your Red Sox stats. Appreciate all the rest of you. Uh, you guys are fantastic at what you do. You always keep us on point. Only in the Baseball Insiders comment section would there be somebody asking about the Anthony Goes signing and then somebody else asking about it too. That's this kind of... Freaking awesome. That's, that's, that's the crowd that we've gathered. Um, do, you have a, do you have the breakdown on that? I know you have a few more contract breakdowns for us. I, I'm wondering if you have some more figures you're at liberty to share. Yeah, so let's see. I will... Um, so Jose Abreu's contract with the Houston Astros three years for 58.5. I think that's been pretty established at this point for each year. It is 19.5 million a year. And then he's got performance bonuses from the world for MVP. It is 200,000 for first, 175,000 for second, 150,000 for third, 125,000 for fourth and 100,000 for fifth. Um, and this is like, this is peak baseball nerd right here. I freaking love this stuff. <laughs> um, and then Carlos Santana's contract, it is, as reported, a base of $6.725 million. And then he's got performance bonuses for MVP. Uh, he's got tw- uh, 250000 for first, 150000 for second, and for third is $100,000. Um, and then I'll, I'll even, I'll, I'll take this, sh- I'll take this one too. There's uh Two other things. The bullpen market has absolutely heated up. Um, and I can report that one team that has been particularly involved is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if they made one or two additions here in the near future. Um, and then going back to Colton Wong, uh, we were asked about this in the chat before. Mm-hmm. I have been told that the Brewers continue to shop him um, and that they – um, have engaged with a few teams. To my knowledge, nothing is close quite yet. That may have changed because I heard that this morning, or actually last night is when I heard that. Um, but there is one potential hurdle with with Wong is that his salary is $10 million, and that could be a little too out of the comfort zone for some teams. Um, but he's certainly somebody who's pretty interesting to me uh, just because – um, he's coming off of one of his best offensive seasons of his career. He had 15 homers last year when he's not really known as like a hitter or even a power hitter, but he committed 17 errors. He's no, like he's one of the best defensive second baseman in baseball. So it's kind of like the reverse of what you'd expect from Colton Wong, but I know there's plenty of fans is throughout the league. So maybe some team takes that gamble, but I think for looking at two teams that make a lot of sense, the Mariners, um, and the White Sox, but I can I can confidently say that the Mariners are exploring many options, and Wong is one of them. But he's one of many. Here's the least analytical thing I'll ever say on this show: Colton Wong is just one of those guys that feels like they show up on winning teams. You know what I mean? Like every every winning team has a Colton Wong, like a yeah. hard nosed guy, and you you look up and he's taking a crucial at bat in Game Three of the NLCS, and you're like, yeah, of course Colton Wong's on my TV right now. Yeah, I mean, it was like it felt like that way when he was with the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, they they had all those star players, and then they had a guy like Colton Wong, who was like a really good glue guy, especially defensively. Like now they have Tommy Edmond, um, although they're going to move him to shortstop, I think. Um, I mean, if they don't yeah. have one of those guys, which I don't think they will. But, now no, I, I never, think. yeah, I'll now I'll never really forgive Colton Wong for getting picked off first base to end a World Series game against the Boston Red Sox, but uh, shout <laughs> out to him uh, for a great career anyway. 
Yeah, no, that's uh, I, I like that you still rem- remember that. That's uh, your, your true Yankees colors are showing right there, my friend. I have a list of every baseball player who's ever wronged me. It's like Travis Snyder uh, hitting too many bombs with the Blue Jays. Marco Scudero for sure. He's top of the list. Very frustrating guy. Uh, I once sat with my my guy. Love Marco Scudero. (laughs) I once sat with my dad in a hotel bar in Miami when I should have been enjoying myself on a family vacation to watch a Sunday night baseball Yankees Red Sox game. And the Yankees held, I want to say a 2-1 lead the entire game from innings like two through nine. And Marco Scudero walked off Mariano Rivera. And from that point on, uh, I bolded his name. He was already on it because he hit a walk-off grand slam off Mariano Rivera when he was an A in 2007 so he's on the list twice yeah i'll tell you you know you don't think of a guy like mariano rivera and someone like marco scudero having having ownage on him or like rising to the like to the occasion in big moments like that yeah although like scudero did that with the giants during their world series runs and like travis ishikawa did it as well for them so it's I don't know, but I, I love Marco Scudero. That's he's one of the reasons why I became such a big baseball fan. So the thing with Mariano Rivera is he blew so few saves that you know the guys who did it to him. It's like Marco Scudero yeah. did it to him a couple of times. Bill Selby hit a walk off homer against him as a as a Cleveland DH outfielder. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, but I'll never forget that. Like and of course Dave Robertson, Bill Miller. We all we all recall that moment. Um, anything else to empty out of the notebook? I mean, I wanted to address Don Mattingly to the Blue Jays a little bit, uh, just because, uh, I, I think, you know, many of us think of Mattingly as Yankees legend, you know, in the, uh, in the history books, but more recently he has been a Marlins manager. He's been a Dodgers manager. Hasn't been in the Yankees organization since 04, 05, when he was very briefly a coach on that staff. What do you think? that hire is intended to do he's obviously supposed to be more of a players manager will he be a players bench coach uh he talked a little bit yesterday in his introductory press conference about touching base with Bo Bichette already who's a guy who maybe stalled out a little bit last year from that ascendant stardom track that we'd seen uh what do you think the goal is there and and is he going to have any influence in personnel so I, I think what he's going to do is most importantly provide a like veteran mindset for a first time manager. Um, and I think that's a really important thing. And he went in not really having a relationship with anyone in the Blue Jays front office, but they have talked off and on for like the last month or so. Um, and they really hit it off and they thought that would be a perfect fit. And Mattingly thought so too. Like there was, I'm pretty confident that he had, a couple of options. Um, there was even a report from, I want to say like the New York Post that the Yankees wanted him as like an analyst or something. Yeah, him and Jeter, which I think we all kind of looked at sideways, like, you sure? Yeah. Uh, and then very shortly thereafter, he left. Yeah. No, exactly. And yeah, like, I, I think that's a perfect fit. I think Mattingly, like, that situation that he had in Miami was tough. Like, he was basically put in a position to fail um, because they never really invested too heavily in that team. Like I know they added Avi Garcia and they added some other guys last year, um, but they were never going to win that division or be like a prime contender in um, the NL East. But when he left there this year, he wanted to go to a place that he thought had a chance to win a world series. Toronto is definitely that. And I mean, like a guy like Manningly could, I mean, it could attract a guy like Bellinger, as we mentioned before, because he's got that mm-hmm. relationship, but like it uh, it's going to make, 
their manager's job a little bit easier just knowing that he's got Don Mattingly by his side. Agreed. And uh, I didn't want him leading the charge in the Yankees dugout, but you could convince me that it would have been a valuable piece to bring along. And, and now that he's in the division, the Yankees are going to see him not 18, not 19, but, but 12 times a year. It, it stings a little bit. And he could get into the Hall of Fame on Sunday. They're going to be voting a new class in uh, from the Veterans Committee modern era ballot. So it's like Mattingly, McGriff, Dale Murphy. So we'll, we'll learn more at, at the winter meetings about if anybody gets in off that ballot. Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling, all those names are also uh, eligible. Uh, Robert Murray, another great show. And the last one before you take off for San Diego. Anything I missed? Anything you want to get off your chest before your big trip? Uh, taco recommendations? Anything else you want to talk about? Um, I am fully expecting um, the winter meetings to be pretty active this year. I can tell you that. I'm, I think it's going to be very fun. We may even see a big name or two come off the board. Um, but it is – I think this is going to be another memorable one. I'm hoping so at least. Um, but with the way that the market has heated up in the last week, or especially this week – um certainly trending that way so make sure you're tuning in here i want to make that abundantly clear because we're going to be going live monday tuesday wednesday possibly thursday um giving you all the latest and greatest that i'm hearing um so it should it should be fun but adam i just want to say thank you for another awesome episode of the baseball insiders um yeah no it's uh always a pleasure we love the phone going ding we do somebody's at my door yeah and there's a human in the house uh we love the robert thank you for there would be no show without you i would not be hosting without you i appreciate everything that you bring to the show as always and it's an honor to be here people in the comments asking if, if we have a super chat option if they could drop money uh just shoot my personal venmo it's it's, it's my name you can venmo me if you want to and, and i'll i'll split the profits with robert i i promise you that uh for sure it's absolutely wow. something that i'm gonna do uh if you drop it very generous I don't have cash apps, so just Venmo only. Uh, No, just kidding. Uh, We love all of you. Please come correct with the questions next week like you always do. Uh, Join us in any other week. You'd find us uh, Mondays and Thursdays, 3.30 Eastern time. But next week, unpredictable. Look for those notifications. We're going to try to be here at 3.30 on Monday to to set it, to to pop it off. But we we just don't know. It's going to depend on, on the news. So stay active and alert. Uh, Robert will blast off uh, that YouTube link whenever we're ready to drop some information on you. Jake Bradley, get me a man cave. Jake Bradley's a good man. Uh, I don't hold, I don't play favorites in the comment section, but if I were to play favorites, it would look like uh, what Jacob Bradley's doing right now. I would say you're one of my favorites, but I don't do that. But, you know, if I did. There you go. That's a good save there. Hey, you just saved us from the entire baseball and Saturday's audience. But I, I have no favorites, but I love all of you equally. I can tell you that right now. So we appreciate it. All right. We will see everybody in the comments back here next week. Robert, I will see you next week. And uh, safe travels, my man. Uh, really excited to see what you come up with. I appreciate you, man. It should be a good time. Uh, thank you again, everybody, for watching. We'll see you on Monday in San Diego for the baseball winter meetings. Take care, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.